the 2030 goals are there and they're not there just because they're nice to have. They're there to be fulfilled. We have investment funds in Brazil joining. We have philanthropic partners from Brazil and global joining. We want to bring in more investment partners, impact investment partners, but also the normal financial system to look at the bioeconomy as an opportunity and to really create an economy in the forest, in the Amazon, that can keep the forest standing, values that forest, values the people that are in there and say, we can do this, reforesting and have economic prosperity for the local populations. This is Mission to Scale, a podcast that reveals the tools, mindsets and strategies that organizations and funders need to maximize their impact because the world's biggest problems need solutions at scale. I'm your host, Dan Beredovitz, founder of Spring Impact. The Brazilian Amazon absorbed so much carbon dioxide, it's known as the lungs of the earth. So in the fight against climate change, preserving the forest is top priority. Yet, in 2022, deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon reached a 15-year high. And while global climate change affects us all, this is even more immediately devastating for the communities that live in the forest. Conexus came up with a solution to address both these environmental and socioeconomic problems, and it earned them the Skoll Award for Social Innovation this year. In this episode of our special series with the Skoll Foundation, Conexus co-founder Karina Pimenta and Interim Executive Director Marco van der Rehe tell us how the organization is helping to save the Amazon by developing a forest-based economy. Karina began thinking of ways to develop inclusive economies in the Amazon a decade ago. She was managing an investment fund aiming to control deforestation. I was saying that we had good models or good ideas on how to develop inclusive economies in the Amazon, but we didn't have the right tools. Great making, for example, was important for piloting, for proving the concept of those opportunities in restoration, in forest management, in non-timber products, and sustainable cattle raising. But we didn't have the instruments for that to become an economic activity and that to expand locally, regionally, and actually become a driver of economy that was responsive to standing forests. That fact led us to think about what would be the instruments for that. And we started to think creatively how to use philanthropy and how to use other models of finance, of technical support to help those mechanisms, those ideas to develop an ecosystem to support this kind of sustainable business to grow in the Amazon and the rural and forested areas beyond the Amazon also. Karina and her colleague decided to launch Conexus in 2018. Their aim was to create a business platform for small enterprises in the Amazon so they could reach larger regions. When we created Conexus, we couldn't find any financial mechanism that would be enabling of, of these organizations to grow and to structure their businesses. We couldn't find technical assistance that was 
looking into this maturity level of organizations, on this type of collective organizations. Of course, we have experiences, but we didn't even have policies that were looking into that. And all the experiences that we have in, in the civil society were focuses more regionally because, you know, Brazil is a immense countries, a continental country. So many organizations decide to create regional solutions, local solutions. The concept we worked with Connexus is that we need small business with lots of people that benefit from them. It's an inclusive economy side. So Connexus targets associations, cooperatives, small business, micro entrepreneurs, and they develop usually very uh, real productive activities inside the forest or in the countryside in the rural areas. They produce the food we eat in Brazil and the food that helps with security in the local areas. They manage the forest and they use their knowledge of the forest to produce it more sustainably and not reducing the, the ecosystem services of the leaders. So there's a knowledge about doing that. These are businesses that aggregates lots of people that are in the countryside, in the communities, traditional people, indigenous peoples, family agricultures, and they work collectively in developing their production systems. Conexus supports these small enterprises by providing financial education. So we started working like with an innovative lab for finance, like creating new products. How do I, I do a loan for an association? How do I do a loan for a cooperative? How can the public policy that we have on rural credit support social biodiversity products? So none of these were existing and we started to innovate in the ways of doing and learn with the community enterprises, with these organizations, what would be best systems. And this just to remind people took place during the pandemic. So we were actually working remotely with people located in, in you know, in a conservation unit 3,000 miles, <laughs> 2,000 miles from us and learning through that. Through this fund, Connexus has deployed more than 5 million loans to around 100 community enterprises. They also partnered with banks to connect these businesses to federal credit lines. Brazil has the largest rural credit policy to develop agriculture in Brazil, especially family agriculture. And although we have this huge policy for more than 20 years, biodiversity products, bioproducts, were not being benefited from this policy. So what we created was partnerships with banks to be able to direct these funds that are from the government to these activities and we say we are greening the, the rural credit because we are looking into how bioproducts, cocoa, acai, Brazil nut, fisheries and all this can actually access these benefits that help us create an agriculture system that is one of the most important activities of Brazil today. And so I think that's where we succeeded the most on creating these strategies with the actors, so with impact investors to channel resources, with philanthropy that was interested in and in, in blending philanthropy resources with impact investors to be able to deliver finance with adequate 
interest rates, for example, or adequate technical support for them to have a good experience with credit and to evolve through that. Incentivizing these new products can help prevent climate change because biodiversity is good for the environment and Brazil has the highest biodiversity in the world. Brazil has a huge area of research in biodiversity, but very few has been applicable to connecting with markets, with private sector. And I think this is a very important way of bringing this comparative advantage of biodiversity into feeding new markets, new economies, new products, new bioprocess, new bioproducts, and things like that. I think this is one way. Another way is to strengthen the communities that have ancestral knowledge, traditional knowledge, on the, the uses of these products. For example, if you look at how people take care of their health in their countryside, in the forest, they use herbs, they use plants from the nature. So we have to look into these industries and to think about ways where we can use this knowledge and recognize the knowledge that these people have. Due to Karina's outstanding work at Conexus, she was invited to become the National Secretary for the Bioeconomy in the government of Brazilian President Lula da Silva. She assumed the position this year, making space for Marco to take on the role of Conexus Interim Executive Director. With Connectus, we look at not only all the communities we work with and all our partner organizations work with, and to see how can you actually then get the markets more interested in those products. So how can we create a bioeconomy in Brazil and globally that starts to understand those products? It's going to be interesting. And I think Acai is probably the most well-known example. 20 years ago, no one knew of Acai outside the Amazon region. Now, I know we can buy it here in the Netherlands, you can buy it in California, you can buy it in all kinds of different types of products, food and restaurants were also used in. The most amazing example that I saw was some wet cloth to clean <laughs> to clean your toilet with. It goes all different directions, but that shows that, that it is possible to get a product from the Amazon all the way to global markets. By producing a variety of products from the Amazon, Marco hopes to decrease monoculture farming. When we cultivate the same crop over and over again, the soil is robbed of its nutrients and eventually becomes infertile. Soy and beef have been the main drivers of deforestation over the last 30 years, and we keep on consuming it around the world. Can we really put the right instruments around it to ensure that there is no more deforestation going to take place in order to produce more soy and more beef? How can we diversify our global food systems and look at all these amazing, beautiful products that we have in the forest or other types we can produce with less negative impact on the Amazon and on the, on the global climate? We want to build a bioeconomy in Brazil and you see the, all the capital being invested in other types of products that are not leaving the forest standing. And there was a lot of soy production in that region already. So there's huge infrastructure for that. How can we really build and strengthen the links, both from the local production to the urban center production of bioeconomy and have that feed into the national and the global production systems and products that can be put on the market in Sao Paulo to New York to, to you name it. But bringing products from the Amazon region to the world isn't all that simple. 
Brazil as itself is 220 times the size of the country where I'm from, the Netherlands. It's the same scale as the United States. It's enormous. So logistics is the first step that has to be tackled if you want to bring products to market. So therefore, I think we start looking at markets in four different levels. We look at with those businesses at what are the local markets, what are sort of state level, Amazonian state level or, or close by markets. Then you look at the national markets. So we can see some of those products are already reaching, for example, Sao Paulo, Rio Janeiro. And then some of the products go global and we look at exports. It's very important to maintain biodiversity. Which of those products can be produced at a reasonable scale or as a collective or also multiple collectives can be produced at scale so that they can actually be reaching larger markets? How long can you keep and stock those products? What kind of treatment do they need in order to be able to be delivered to markets? What is added benefit or added added value that can be delivered at the local level and how can you then bring a product to market is it just a cocoa bean or can you produce chocolate at the local level and then the distance to the market so the, all these challenges have to be reviewed and seen with them and and i think what in connects we do is we go to the different cooperatives we see how they operate we look at their capacities also their organizational and managerial capacities because of course that also becomes is a big part so all of those different elements we can look at together with the community and then build a process of training and capacity building in order to improve the production, the regularity, the logistics, the internal management of those products. So I think everyone on this can probably agree that business can do good for the world, but of course there are always the risks of unintended consequences. How do you think about risks? What are the big risks? Are there risks around exploitation of people who don't want to be part of the global economy? Are there other risks that you're thinking about? question about risks is, um, is a huge question. And I think what we've actually been trying to do with Conexus is to look at how can we avoid risk? How can we avoid further deforestation? How can we avoid abuse of people in rural areas, local forest areas? Because a lot of the current economic practices in those regions are actually abusing people, are abusing nature, and are having a lot of negative consequences. So if you want to look at it like that, we've been trying to do risk management of the forest with Conexus because we are trying to provide the alternatives to the destructive practices in the forest, the destructive economic practices. Of course, you can see within the bioeconomy value chains risks. Do we want to have monocultures of bioeconomy products that suddenly are extremely valuable and you deforest and you then just reforest with only one species? That could be a negative risk. But I think everything we try to do is in the case of we need to lead the forest standing that is there. And we need to then look at which are the degraded lands in Brazil. And if you look at there are 80 million hectares of degraded forest lands in Brazil. How can you reintegrate those within diverse agroforestry systems, becoming productive forests again, and thereby basically enlarge the forest to a size that it was before as much as possible and provide economic opportunity? So I think what we are doing is, is in a way, uh, risk management of the forest in Conexus. Karina believes we can prevent negative effects 
by making sure we include the communities in the Amazon. What matters is that people who are in the forest or in the rural areas are part of this new development, that our ecosystems are preserved and that these new activities does not impact on these ecosystems. These are very important drives for what we want to aim to achieve. We have a mission, yeah? The first mission of Brazil and everyone working is that we have to control deforestation. Our emissions are growing due to deforestation, basically. And this is something that we have to work on. And none of what we want to achieve with bioeconomy and other solutions will be able to stand if that's not controlled. So I would say that, first of all, our commitment is to the first zero deforestation. We have to achieve that. And as government, we have to achieve that. As civil society, we have to work together. And as economic sectors, we have to look into ways to decarbonize. So this enables us to create opportunities to develop this bioeconomy. We have five years for the 2030 targets. So it's a very short period for a very important transformations that we had to do this year. Can you talk about what the future looks like? What do you hope if you're successful in 5, 10, 50 years? I don't know what timescales you work to, but what does success look like? So I think what for Connexus is important is to work with as many partners as possible within those ecosystems. And the ecosystem is at the local level with many different local organizations and community businesses and see how can we help as many of them improve their businesses as fast as they can so that we can really put value on the forest. And we want to do that together with global partners and funders and businesses and bring them on board with this so we can change into an economy that values the forest and that values the forest standing and and not not an economy that values the destruction of the forest because that's the economy we've been living for the last uh, 50 years in the Amazon region. When I started studying the Amazon uh, in the early 90s until now, we lost 500,000 square kilometers of forest in Brazil, rainforest, in the Amazon region. And we need to value biodiversity. And I think we know the solutions. The the Rio 92 biodiversity conventions know the solutions. And we have not been fast enough. We have not been accelerating. On the contrary, we have going in the different direction, more forest destruction. So with the new government, with uh, excellent people in place, with the mindset and thinking of in solutions in Brazil, with many global partners that we want to bring on board, as connectors, but also for the entire ecosystem of, of organizations that provide solutions, we need to run and, uh, and scale as much as we can, uh, as fast as we can. In the end, we have to walk with the speed of the communities in the forest, the indigenous communities, the riverine populations, all the other traditional people in the Amazon, the Quilombolas, etc. We need to respect the local speed in their development while we need to go as fast as possible. The 2030 goals are there and they're not there just because they're nice to have. They're there to be fulfilled. We have investment funds in Brazil joining. We have philanthropic partners from Brazil and global joining. We want to bring in more investment partners, impact investment partners, but also the normal financial system to look at the bioeconomy as an opportunity 
and to really create an economy in the forest, in the Amazon, that can keep the forest standing, values that forest, values the people that are in there and say, we can do this. We can actually make a positive impact in saving the forest, reforesting and have economic prosperity for the local populations and for the businesses around it as well. Talking to Karina and Marco was a powerful reminder of how essential it is to include the people most affected by climate change in the solutions. Connectors offers a promising model to tackle today's environmental challenges at scale, something the world desperately needs. If you want to learn more about Conexus, you can visit conexus.org. And if you're interested in learning more about this year's winners of the Skoll Award for Social Innovation, visit the link in our show notes. We're taking a break next week, but you can expect our last episode on Wednesday, May 17th. Before we go, we'd like to thank the Skoll Foundation for the work that they do and for partnering with us in this series. If you love Mission to Scale, please recommend our show to a friend or colleague. You can subscribe or follow our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Mission to Scale is produced by Spring Impact and Human Group Media. If you want to learn more about our work at Spring Impact, visit springimpact.org and follow us at Spring Impact on Twitter.